Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now prepare your hearts for a message from God's Word. We are starting a brand new series that will take us all the way till Mother's Day, and I just want to put a quick plug in. We have a special guest speaker on Mother's Day who is phenomenal, and uh, her name is Jessica Hammond. And so it's going to be her first time ever preaching. Yeah, it's going to be good. We like to go all out on Mother's Day, so make sure you're here for that. Like a boss. How many of you ever heard that term before? You've heard like a boss, right? All the younger people, yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, I had to look up the meaning of it in the Urban Dictionary online, and it tells you what that means, and it's really kind of simple, where it just means it's kind of the act of doing something like you're the boss, like in charge of it. Uh, A boss is simply, right, a person who is in charge and in control. And throughout this series, we're going to talk about how God has really given you the power to live in control of your own life, to take charge of your own life, that God is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he knows the decisions that we're going to make, but regardless of how powerful he is, the one thing he cannot control is you and the choices that you make. It's up to you how you are going to live your life and hopefully how you are going to live your life in pursuit of God and the plan that he has for you. You know, uh, growing up in church, i found the Lord when I was about 14, and, and when we were in youth ministry, and then even when I became a youth pastor, and on Wednesday nights, there would be this big powwow with our leadership team and some students where we would try to figure out where we were going to go eat when service was over. How many of you have ever had that? Maybe even last Sunday, like, where do we want to go eat? What do we want to do? You know, every Sunday, you, got, you, you, know, you get together, and you kind of go through a list of where you could possibly go, and and I just, it used to just drive me crazy because everyone kind of would have an idea, but they would always say this, right? They'd be like, well, I don't care, whatever, whatever you want. And then you'd be like, all right, let's go over here. And they'd be like, well, I don't want to go there. You'd be like, well, you just said wherever I want. You see, like, we, we like to give control to other people. We like to act like we don't really care or, hey, you can just make the decision yourself. But then really, we, we want to make the decision. We want to do it, but when we're kind of torn between what we want to do, we don't really always know how do we make that decision, what is the right decision, so we like to push it off on other people. But I like someone who honestly takes charge. You know, some of the people who work on our team here, I love people who just come in and own something. I'm not a micromanager. I just want to say, hey, here's the vision, here's what we want to do, take it, run with it, here's your budget, make it happen. Those are the kind of people, people who come to me, people on our team will know this and go, I don't really know what to do, what I would do. I'll say, I don't know what to do, you know, that's your area, I don't, you know, I don't want to tell you to do, and if I have to keep telling you what to do, you probably won't be on my team that long. It's just kind of the way it is. I like people who like to take charge, to live like they're the boss, but not too much, right? <laughs> so God wants you to live like a boss. He wants you to make great decisions for your life. He wants you to make decisions that are in the best interest of not just yourself, but of his plan and his purpose for your life. And, and we have to own up to that responsibility that we are in charge of our lives. We are the ones in control of the decisions we make. God wants you to be successful. He wants you to, to be productive. He wants you to live in his blessing and in his favor. But we have to realize that following him, following his ways is what will lead us to success, is what will lead us to living like a boss. 
So the idea of this series that will kind of carry throughout these four weeks and really today kind of laying a foundation of some things that we'll touch on again later is, is the main idea is that who you are, where you are, and where you're going is entirely up to you. Who you are, where you currently are right now, and the direction that you are currently heading in is entirely up to you. You're the boss. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the boss. Some of you sit next to your spouse, but like, I've been waiting for that for years. Say it again. Say it again. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. You see, you don't choose always what happens to you, because that's the first thing that a lot of people say when you kind of make this statement that God gives us the ability to choose, is a lot of people go, well, well, I didn't choose to, to have the parents that I had, and I didn't choose some of the situations that have come in my life. I didn't choose for that person to get sick, and we're going to talk about things that, what, what do you do when it's not your fault? Why, why does that happen? We're going to talk about that in the weeks ahead, but, but today, you may not always choose what happens to you, and that's, that's very clear with some of the situations we face in life, but you do get to choose how you respond to it. That's it. That's all up to you. So I I can't control every situation that comes my way, but I can control my attitude towards it. I can't control how I allow it to affect me and how I allow it to to dictate the direction I'm going to go in in my future. Eleanor Roosevelt has an awesome quote that I love, and she said, in the long run, in the grand scheme of things, in God's big plan, really, we shape our lives. We shape ourselves. And the process never ends until we die. And the choices we make are ultimately our own responsibility. We shape our lives. Where you are, who you are, where you're going is entirely up to you. So as we kind of lay the foundation for this series and as we look at how do we live like a boss, how do we live in charge, how do we make the decisions that God wants us to make, the first thing we have to realize is that God gives you the power to choose. The power. It's a powerful thing to have a choice. It's a powerful thing to be able to decide what you want to do. And throughout this series, we're going to be looking at a a guy named Jonah. How many of you know who Jonah is, right? A prophet in the Bible. Some of you have probably remembered the story of Jonah and the whale. We like to think it was a whale. The Bible just calls it a big fish, so it could have been a huge catfish or, you know, something different like that. But, But maybe we'll just go with whale because that is what you'll connect with since you've heard that story. But Jonah was a prophet, someone that God would speak to. And he would go to the people on behalf of God and, and deliver the message to, of what God wanted to speak to the people. And so in Jonah chapter 1, and it's just a short book, four chapters, I would encourage you throughout this series just to read through that book. You could probably read through it here in just uh, this service, but don't do it, okay? Uh, we're just going to be in chapter 1. But God gives Jonah, this prophet, the power to choose. It says this, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, he said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But, but Jonah got up and what did he do? He went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. How many of you have ever done that before? Right? Let's be honest. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. It's a lot of fun words this morning, isn't it? He bought a ticket 
and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. This funny is that we think, oh, he's just he's going away, a quick day trip. The distance, actually, they said by boat would take about a year to get there. I mean, he's going in the opposite direction. He's getting as far away from the plan of God as, 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 as he can possibly get. And that's what's, what's funny is, is like, he was a prophet. He was God's messenger. God spoke to him. He heard the message from God. God delivered it to him. You would think like, hey, God said you're a prophet. God said that this is your job. This is what, you know, you're in the Bible. There's a whole book dedicated to you, and you think you have an option of whether or not you get to obey God? Yes. Even Jonah. Throughout Scripture, we see the heroes of our faith who had an option of whether they would obey God, that they would choose to follow his message, to live like a boss, following God's plan, living in his purpose for their life, that God gives us the power to choose. What do you do when the word of the Lord comes to you? You go, well, I'm not a prophet. I don't hear from God. Right now, you are hearing from God. God's word. I don't consider myself a prophet in some ways, but But here's God's word being delivered to you. The Holy Spirit can take that and make it very personal to you, speak to you, and then what you do with that is up to you. Totally up to you. You have the power to choose. Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. I love how clear it is that he was supposed to go this way and he went the opposite direction. Many of us can relate to that. Think of my kids and how God relates to us as a father and with my children all the time. I tell them what to do. Here's the word from the Lord, Riley. Do not do that to your brother. Do not take his toys. Quit stealing that. Don't smack him in the face. Don't do all these things, right? And then the biggest thing right now, we have a kind of a longer driveway and, and they know there's a line on the driveway that they don't cross with their bikes, that they don't go out into the street. And I remember as a kid how appealing the street was. And I still don't understand it, why the street seems such like an awesome place to play. But I tell Riley, I tell Maddox, don't go past that line. Don't go into the street. Why? Why would I tell them that? Because I want them to live, right? I don't want them to be hit by a car. But for some reason, my kids think they know better than me. And no matter how many times I tell them that that car coming could run you over and end your life, they still want to play in the street. And it's like that in our lives with the Lord, that we think we know what's best. We think that, we, that our plan is right. We think Jonah thought, I'm not going to Nineveh, and we'll get into his story a little bit more, but the reason he didn't want to go there was because those were people who persecuted his people that were evil people. It was a very evil city. And he was going, I'm not going to that place. I'm not going there, God. I don't like those people. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to go this way because you don't know what's best, God. I know what's best. Those people won't listen to me. They're going to reject me. Why would they? They're evil. They're evil people. They're not going to listen to me. So God, I, I, I know you're God. I know you, 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 you think you know what's best, but I'm, I'm going to go this way. My plan's better. How many of you been there before? right? God, God, I know you're God. I know you see the beginning of my life to the end of my life. You've spoken clearly to me that the direction I'm going probably isn't best, but 
but I'm going to go the way that I want to go. I'm going to go the opposite directions because a lot of times is the problem is that God's will doesn't always fit my plans. God's will doesn't always fit my plans. You see, from the very beginning, God gave us free will, the power to choose. Since Adam and Eve, God has given all of us a choice, life or death, blessing or curses. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 through 28, it said, look, today I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You will be blessed if you obey my commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. You will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away, turn and worship from him and worship gods that you have not known before. Bless, curse, choice is yours. The power, it's a powerful thing, free will that God gives us to choose him. Why does he give us free will? Because that's how this whole relationship thing works with God. The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ, that that he wants us to choose him. The gift is free. Salvation is free. But the act of faith is a choice that we make where we put our trust, we put our faith in God. And God wants us to work by relationship. He doesn't pre-program us. He doesn't want us to be a robot. How many of you would marry someone who was forced to marry you? Choose me. An arranged marriage. We'd be like, I don't know. Long term, I don't know if this is going to work out. We want someone to choose us. We want someone to choose to love us, not to be forced. And that's how God works. He wants us to choose him. He wants us to choose his ways. In Joshua 24, 14 through 15, it said, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. A message from the Lord. Serve him. Fear him. Put away forever the idols of your your ancestors' worship when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But... If you refuse, so he gives the warning, serve God, fear him, turn away from the things of your life that draw your attention away from God's plan. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, so if if you're debating this, he says, just go ahead, choose the day whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and for my family... We will serve the Lord. Joshua talking to the people of Israel, saying, look, here's the choice. Here's the plan. And it's your choice. It's your power. So this morning, ask yourself, what direction are you going in? What is the word of the Lord spoke to you? What is his plan for your life? What is the purpose that he has for you? Are you following that? Are you going in the direction that God has for your life? For many of you, God has spoken to you. The word of the Lord is very clear. But are you listening? Are you following? The power of choice is up to you. Today, I would challenge you with this, is that delayed obedience is disobedience. Don't delay. If you delay, if you know what God wants for you, if you know the purpose he has and you're not pursuing that, that if you delay and you go, I'll get to that later, i got to iron out a few things, need a little bit more money in the bank account, I need to make sure that I'm going to be good here before I kind of take this step of faith. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And we get very used to delayed obedience because we do it with our kids all the time, right? I have to count to three, maybe ten usually for, with Riley. One, two, like that's what we do, right? We, and, and, and I shouldn't do it because I'm, I'm kind of reinforcing that like, okay, when I ask you to do something, I'm going to give you 
a bunch of chances until I actually drop the hammer on you and get up from the couch and make you do what I want you to do, right? Delayed obedience is disobedience. And God is graceful and he's merciful for you. And he allows you to make the power of your choice. But I would encourage you, don't, don't delay what God has for you. Because here's, here's the principle of God's word that you can never escape, is that you reap what you... God will be merciful. He'll forgive you. You repent. You, you turn around and you come back. But God can't erase the consequences of our actions. We reap what we sow, the good and the bad. You can't reverse those things. So don't delay any longer. You have the power to choose. Choose to serve the Lord. Choose to follow Him. Choose to follow His ways. And when we do that, we'll be living like a boss in charge and control, pursuing God's plan. And the next thing that we need to learn from this and to live like a boss and to get control of our life is that, that God will send warning signs. And Jonah, he immediately goes in the opposite direction, gets on a boat, heading as far away as he can possibly get. And it says that in verse 4, but then the Lord. Who? Who? The Lord. See, a lot of times we hit storms in life, we like to blame the devil, don't we? That mean old devil. Why is he doing this? Why is this happening? Right here in Scripture it says, the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that threatened to break apart the ship. This was a big ship. It was full of cargo. This wasn't some little storm. Scholars believe that this was like hurricane-level winds and and force and, and what was happening here. And in God's mercy, he let Jonah know, you're going the wrong way. Here's a warning sign. You think it's going to be smooth sailing? You think you're just going to escape the plan that I have for you? And I'm not going to reach out to you? I'm not going to do some things to try to get your attention? Because that's what storms do, right? They get your attention. They show you that God is, is, it has a plan. And they show you that you're not going in the direction that he has and the purpose that he has for your life. It's, it's a merciful act. A lot of times we think storms are bad, but, and we talked about that through our stand series, that when we face a fire, when we face a storm, that the Bible says we can count it as blessing, that we can say that it's something that has purpose and meaning because God is going to use it to shape our lives and to get us closer to the plan that he has. In his mercy, God will let you know you're going in the wrong direction. How many of you love sleeping in the rain? Anyone? You love that? How many of you that just raise your hands have children? All right, then let me say it this way. How many of you love sleeping in, in the, like, thunderstorms this past week, couple weeks, right? It's like the thunder, and it's just kind of like, you know, a, a natural nature's noisemaker or sound machine. Like, we sleep with all those noises around all the time, so I constantly sleep in, in rain because of my wife. Uh, and so I get that, and, and I love kind of the, the calmness of, like, sitting on the front porch and, like, watching a storm come in. And, and it's just kind of this calming thing sometimes that a storm can actually do that. But when you have kids, storms aren't always that fun because they don't allow me to sleep peacefully anymore. And little Maddox is two and a half, and when it thunders, he goes, I scared thunder. I scared a thunder. Or maybe he says, my scared thunder. My scared thunder. He doesn't like it. It wakes him up. The other day, the storm tripped the power. And when it tripped the power, it tripped their sound 
machines, right? So you got to get up, you got to go in there and turn them back on and make sure they're staying asleep. That, that storms are wonderful, but storms also cause you to wake up. They cause you to be alert. Something's going on. Get my attention. When we live in Oklahoma, you don't play around with storms down there, right? When they say there's a tornado warning, you try to find some cover. Like, you, you get away. I lived in Moore, Oklahoma for a year and a half. We moved just before the tornado came two years ago. Wiped out a portion of the neighborhood we lived in. You didn't play with storms there. They would wake you up. They would make you alert. And that's what was happening in Jonah. In, in verse 5 through 6, it said, Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. And what does he say? Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. You see, sometimes God brings a storm because sometimes it takes a storm to get us to wake up, to get us to realize this is not the way you should be going. You are going in the wrong direction and God will send warning signs to you. He sends them. It's intentional. He's saying, look, you got to wake up. This isn't the plan. This isn't the purpose. You're heading down a road that will not lead you to the destiny that I have for your life. You see, sometimes we think of that as like, I'm, I'm, I'm going in the direction of sin. I'm going in the direction that, that I know that's not good for me. But sometimes it's just life is on cruise control. And we're just cruising through life. Everything's good. Everything's fine. You know, the money's good. The kids are good. And I'm just on cruise control. And I don't know about you. When I drive on cruise control, it's not always the safest thing. Because I'm not really paying that much attention. When it begins to rain, I, I always go off cruise control because I feel like I need to get power back over, over this car. I need to make sure that I'm in complete control of the vehicle because when I'm on cruise control, this computer is actually determining how fast my car is going to go. And sometimes we got to hit the brake, get it off cruise control because the rain's coming, the storm's coming, and God is trying to wake us up to get us to pay attention. And the signs come our way. It says, wrong way. It says, do not enter. There's danger ahead. If you keep going this direction, it's not going to end well. And God continues to send the signs. And in his mercy, he sends a storm. He says, this is it. you got to wake up. You're getting too close. Destruction is coming. Today, I don't know what that sign could be for you. Maybe it's don't con- continue with that innocent flirting on Facebook. Say that Facebook is leading to more affairs than anything else right now. Don't continue with that. Don't allow that in. I'll occasionally get messages from people, and I'll say, hey, Jess, read this. Just make sure you know, hey, this is, how, this is what the message said. This is how I replied. This is it. Heed the signs. Make sure. Break that addiction now. You go, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of an issue. But could it be? Will it be? Heed the signs. Are you going in the wrong direction? God's trying to get your attention. Sometimes he uses a storm to do it, to wake you up so you'll turn around. You know, my GPS, sometimes I'll say, plug in the the coordinates. And my GPS is a little old, and I haven't paid to update her. So she tries to tell me that she knows the best route. And I'll 
ignore her. And I'll keep driving. And she keeps telling me to turn around. You ever get to that where you're like, just do the alternate route already. Make a U-turn at the next exit. Turn around. Turn around. Because when you're going in the wrong direction, they know the coordinates. They know the plan. They know the purpose. They say, this is where you're trying to get. This is not the best route to get there. Turn around and go back where you came from. Head back in the direction that you were coming from. You see, we need to, to heed those signs. The Holy Spirit is your GPS. And he'll whisper to you, turn around. Nope, wrong way. Do not enter. Go back. Don't continue down this road. It's not going to get you where I need you to be, to the purpose that I have. And when we realize that we're going in the wrong direction, and it's not just a GPS that doesn't know any better, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's the God of this universe who created you, created the plan that he has for your life, and knows you very intimately. When that Holy Spirit GPS is going off, and it's saying, turn around, you better heed the signs. You better turn around. And that's what you got to do. When you hear that, when you hear that, turn around. Jonah 1.12. Jonah realized he wakes up yet to pray. Doesn't pray until chapter 2. We're going to talk about that next week a little bit. Doesn't even pray. He just realizes, oh man, there is a storm. And he said this, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. I know that this is a terrible storm. It's all what? My fault. He realized, man, I'm going the wrong direction. God's trying to wake us up. And my decisions aren't just affecting me, they're going to affect all of you. So he owned up. He said, throw me into the sea. Get me off the boat. Then God will calm down. Then it won't have this effect on you. And these sailors were trying to be merciful. They're going, we're not going to do that. So they're unloading cargo. They're trying to, to figure out another way. And Jonah goes, no, you just got to throw me in. Eventually they, they throw him in. And sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is just to admit that we're wrong. To admit, you're right, God. I'm not God. You do know better. I'm not in control. You're in control. I have to follow the choices that you have. It's hard to admit when we're wrong. The Bible says that pride comes before the fall. James says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's the awesome thing about our God, is that no matter how long you've been going in the wrong direction, it's never too late to turn around. Never. As soon as you stop, you go, it's my fault. This wasn't your plan. I made the choice. I am where I am because this is what I decided. I am who I am. I'm where I'm at, and I'm in the direction that I'm going in because of me. And I own up. It's my fault. And we repent. That's what repent means. Repent means to turn away. To literally make a 180. This is the direction I was going in. This was the sin. These were the issues. I directly disobeyed a word from the Lord. I knew this wasn't what God wanted. I know he doesn't want this in my life. And I've deliberately disobeyed God. I've been going in this direction. But as soon as you repent and you go, it's my fault, God, it's my fault, and you own up to your choices, the Bible says that God meets you right there with grace. He doesn't go, oh, <laughs> told you so. How many of you, I, I love I told you so. I love when I get to use that on people. I told you not to do that. You did it anyway. 
And I get to go, I told you, suffer with your consequences. You know, we, we like that, but God's not like that. He's not like that at all. You go to him, you go, it's my fault. He goes, yeah, it's okay, though. Now we're going in the right direction. Just keep following me. Keep going, no matter how long. Revelations 3.20 says this. Look, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. So Jesus, again, illustrating here. Showing the power of choice. That God will knock. The Holy Spirit knocks. He's always knocking. He's always sending signs. He's saying, this isn't the way. Don't go that way. Don't do this. He's always knocking, but he doesn't make you open the door. He doesn't force his way in. He doesn't say that I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house out, right? It just says he knocks. He's polite. Never forces his way in. Why? Because again, free will is yours. The power of choice is yours. God will never take the power of choice from you. But he says, choose me. Choose me. I'm the father. I'm the good dad. I, I know What's best for you? Today, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what direction you're heading in, but you can know without a doubt that God does. That God loves you. That he has a plan for you. And as we close out today, I want to give you some time to think about where you're at. Where are you? Who are you? Are you happy with who you are? Are you happy with what's going on in your life? Are you happy with the place that you find yourself in this morning? When you look at God's word and you look at his plan and the purposes that he has for your life, are you going in the right direction? Because all of those things are up to you. It's your power to choose. And today, maybe God is sending you a warning sign where he's knocking at the door and he's saying, look, don't go that way anymore. Will you turn around? Are you willing to admit your fault? Willing to turn around? See, God wants you to follow him. He wants you to follow his ways. But the choice, free will, is yours. Do you trust him? Do you believe that his ways are the best? In Jonah 1.17, Jonah gets thrown overboard into a hurricane. Death sentence, right? He's done. His act of disobedience it was too late the consequences were too severe he'd gone too far he gets thrown overboard but what happens is really miraculous is that it said now the the lord had arranged so god knew right god knows there's no question of whether or not he knows or not and so god knew the decision that jonah was going to make so he had arranged for a great fish, the whale, to swallow Jonah up. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Next week, we're going to talk about what do you do when you didn't listen. And now you're stuck in the belly of a fish. What do you do in those moments? We're going to talk about that. But today, as we close out, I just need to ask you the question. God sending a sign today this message 
this message from the Lord, his word coming to you. The Bible says that God's word does not return void. It has the power to, to literally alter your life, alter the direction that the Holy Spirit, he comes, he doesn't push his way into your life, that he's gentle. The Bible describes him as a dove. He comes in because he doesn't come to condemn you, but he comes to convict you. He doesn't come to say, you were wrong, I told you so. He comes to say, I got a better plan. I got a better way. Will you heed the signs today? With every head bowed and eyes closed this morning, as we take some time to respond to God's word, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you've never invited the Lord into your life. Maybe you've never given him control. You're still doing your thing, your way, the way you want to do it, how you want to do it. Listen, God has a plan. He has a purpose. He created you. He loves you. He knows you very well. Today, he's giving you an opportunity. He's knocking at the door of your heart, saying, will you open it up? Will you let me come in? I can't reverse everything that's happened, but I can change the direction you're going in your future. What I do promise you is if you let me come in, We'll be friends. We'll eat together. We'll hang out. That's how awesome God is. Regardless of how long you've gone in the wrong direction, in just one moment, you can say, God, it's my fault. I'm sorry. I repent. Will you forgive me? The Bible says all of us have gone away from God. Like sheep, we've gone astray. But God, so great in mercy, sent his one and only son to forgive us and to love us, to pay the price for that sin and today the Holy Spirit welcomes you home he welcomes you back